Welcome back to Truth Be Told, Living With MS. I'm Marie Herring, your host. Every once in a while, um, when I think about why I started this podcast, I always think that it's because I want people to know other people's truth and how they're living with MS. Imagine my surprise and pleasure when I picked up a copy of a book called Stumbling in Flats, A Funny Old Life with MS. So the author of that book is with us today. Her name is Barbara Stansland, and she's coming to us from Wales. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Hi, how are I'm you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay, let's walk through. Well, first of all, I want to tell you, um, I'll tell our listeners, when you pick up a copy of Stumbling in Flats, um, if you look at the back, the first thing it says is, if Bridget Jones had MS, this would be her diary, the MS Society. And I started reading it, and I just laughed and then there was times when I cried and there was times when I just I thought Barbara you were in my head and I just absolutely loved the book so let's start with you're from Glasgow you live in Wales um yeah okay when were you diagnosed um I had the first symptoms in 2011 but I was diagnosed in 2012 okay okay and it took about 10 months yeah. It took about 10 months. And is there, was there anyone in your family uh, that had MS? Uh, yeah, my father sadly um, died of complications from right. MS back in the, the late 70s. There was no medication, um, as you probably know, back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of grew up knowing about MS. Right. So right. it was a bit of a shock when when I was diagnosed. Yeah. Okay, and um, and you and then when you read the book, um, I don't want to give away the plot, but but you had <laughs> lost your job, right? I, yeah, I, I had. Yeah, I was sacked for the minute I was diagnosed. I was sacked from my job. Sack means fired for all our Canadian oh, listeners. I'm sorry. I know I know what you mean by sacked. You're, you're giving sorry. your cards there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she was fired, people. Um, okay. So you were fired. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Okay. Um, it was very well. It, I was bullied in the lead up to it, um, and that, these guys were friends before. You know, these, I, I liked them. We all got on really well in the office, but as soon as. Mm-hmm. Um, I explained to them that I was going through this diagnosis process. Um, I started to be bullied. It, it was it was horrific. Oh, that's yeah. a sin. Yeah, that's yeah. No, um, but I, it happens more than you think. No, I was going to say I do know another listener who I've had on the show who is going through exactly the same thing right now, and it's absolutely oh. heartbreaking, um, especially here in Canada when the federal government has just made MS um, a human rights issue. And, you know, for wow. employers to be doing this, it's just beyond the pale. It really is. It, it, yeah. I mean, we, we have protection in shrine and law here in the UK, um, but you wouldn't think it sometimes. No, I know. Um, it's so easy to get around it. I, I, I find that, um, you know, the, in on paper, um, everything looks so civilized, right, that we have mm. all these rights. But when it comes to somebody actually acting against you, then the onus is on you to find a lawyer. Yeah. And then the onus is on yeah. you to pay that lawyer, and which makes absolutely yeah. no sense. And, of course, it brings on... And to prove yes. as well. Yes. And in the case of the young girl that I'm talking about, the more stress adds on to the more time she's having to take off work. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head completely. And it, it's, you know, you're coping with a diagnosis, you're coping with a change in circumstances, and then you're coping with extreme discrimination at work. It, it's lethal. It's a terrible combination. Yeah. No, ab- ab- absolutely. So, yeah, so I, I mean, it was great. It was lovely, um, you know, weaving that, you know, um, some of the things that you managed to just pick yourself up and move on. And so, you know, you, you had this circumstance and then you lay low for a bit, right? Yeah, I had yeah. party for one. <laughs> yeah, you lay low. And then um, you decided to, to start to put pen to paper, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. that. How did that come about? Um, gosh, I had so many feelings and so many things happening at this this kind of maelstrom of, of everything going on in my life. And um, I, I got in touch with uh, a famous author here in the UK who had written a, a huge piece for a Sunday newspaper. And we emailed back and forward. And she said, you know what? Pick up your pen, get your keyboard out, get this all down. So uh, it was thanks to her encouragement um, that I started the blog. And once I started, it just poured out of me. <laughs> it sounds awful, but everything that I'd been holding inside for so long just came out. But I wanted to also introduce, you know, the teenager and my son and play the huge right. part yeah. of it. And yeah. I wanted to make it, you know, it, it wasn't all doom and gloom. Life had to carry on. Yeah, no. It, so it turned into quite a humorous blog at the same time. It was. It was absolutely a delight uh, to read because you do talk about, you know, the teenager. <laughs> you know, you talk about him <laughs> sleeping in. <laughs> and of course, you know, I did have a teenager. She's now 32. So I, you know, I, I knew all about that. Um, and one of the things, one of the parts of the book, the, the, I mean, there's so many that I loved, uh, was like the whole simplifying things. And when you're talking about Christmas and you're saying, you know, you went for Scandinavian thing. <laughs> Can you share that with the listeners? Because I loved it. Yeah, I just, um, I used to do the whole, you know, huge tree, lots of ornaments, lots of everything um, in my house. But that one year I was just so fatigued. I think I had a couple of rounds of steroids. And Scandi Chic was, uh, Scandi Noir and Scandi Chic were huge at that point in the UK. And I went, right, I'm just going to have a Scandinavian Christmas. A tree with no ornaments, white lights, and maybe a wooden reindeer right. on the table. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. Everyone thought I was really sophisticated. And, and you know, it's funny because as I was reading it, um, when we got back from Iceland, I had got rid of all the Christmas stuff and I said, okay, that's it. We're doing an Icelandic Christmas because it was so sparse <laughs> and all I had to do was go and buy a few elves. <laughs> Everything's great. I'm picking holly and ivy from the garden. Exactly. It's, it's so simple. So yeah, like there used to be boxes and boxes of Christmas gifts. Now there's just like two yeah. bags. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely works for me. I yeah. still do it. And I'm all like, oh, I'm so Icelandic. Um, okay, the other thing. Well, I'm, of, I'm half Norwegian, so um, I think that influence is coming from it as well. Yeah, yeah. The other part I loved was um, when when you were saying about, oh, I loved this, when you were saying about, um, um, you know, if you're sick, you don't have the right to, you know, wear makeup, wear fancy clothes. Um, yeah. yeah, and I love that um, because I'm going to c- kind of translate it into North American terms, um, where you, <laughs> where you said, um, you know, unless you're buying at the dollar store, um, and whether you like your hair is greasy and you have no makeup on, you're not allowed to be sick, right? Yeah. 
Um, and because it seems to be that if you don't look like that, you don't deserve anybody's sympathy for being sick. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's um, it's it's it actually this whole idea in this blog post. There's been several I've done about this. Comes from um, I think it's a North American psychologist and years ago, a sociologist who said there's this thing called the sick role and society will allow you to be ill if you look and act a certain way and mm-hmm. I, I never forgot that and I and, and I had that reaction to people when I became ill with MS they were like well yeah we'll help you but you, you look fine or mm-hmm. you know you, you just don't look ill enough for us to rally around they didn't say that exactly but that no but you can see it in their eyes yeah Yes, it was like, let us know when you get really ill. And I was hanging off the sofa, you know, yeah. barely able to raise my head. Yeah. But I still didn't look that their particular idea of what it felt or it looked like to be ill, you know, which is, again, it does hark back to that view of disabled people unless you've got in a wheelchair or have a walking stick you can't possibly be disabled right no I get that and the other thing too when you said when people would say you would say you know I have MS and I'm like well at least it's not cancer and it's like well hello (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) I I love that I'm like oh for Christ's sake (laughs) I know yeah Yeah. I still get a lot of that I I, I know I'm lucky I know it could be worse I, I fully appreciate that but it's it's bad for me in my situation so it is something serious if that makes sense yeah no I understand and one of the things too that I so identified with was your intolerance for other people when they well not your intolerance it's just and I feel this way when people come up and they're like oh I'm so sick and you're like really what's wrong oh I have a cold can you talk about that please because the way you write it I'm not doing it justice but it's so funny yeah, it was about my boss being complaining about being ill, and I said it was a bit like, um, what's it? Your portion of garage. It was one of my early um, yeah. blog posts, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah it, well, I would use the word intolerance, to be honest. I put my hand up. <laughs> I was very intolerant, especially in the very beginning of my MS. I was uh, perhaps not the best friend in the world. I just told her, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to know what ill is? Yeah. I'll show you ill. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a lot nicer now, I have to say. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, and also, when people tell you they're tired and they know how you feel, you're like, well, no, no, you, you do get tired, I'm sure, but you don't get clinical fatigue. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I get so- tired all the time. Well, no, you don't. Yeah, or when, yeah, or yeah, or like my. I actually, again, uh, is another guest of ours um, who does uh, stuff on WordPress, and she was saying that one of the things she hates the most is um, when people say, "Oh, I know how you feel," and you're like, "No, you oh. don't." You know, no, no, yeah. you don't know how I feel. Um, or yeah. when people will say, "Oh, yeah, I understand. I have arthritis." It's like, uh, no, it's not the same because yeah. you know, you know what you're, you know what's going to happen to you, like. I can wake up tomorrow and I could be, you know, blind in one eye or I could wake up tomorrow yeah. and I could have vertigo. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. the, it's the unknown. You know what I mean? It's, you know, it's that it's whole, you know, you're dancing, you're dancing as fast as you can, um, you know, just to, just to keep it in line, which, which sounds because ridiculous. You don't, yeah, no, I, it does not sound ridiculous at all because as you probably know from my book, 
my life changed overnight. Oh, yes, yes. You know, without being too dramatic about it, I did literally go to bed fine one evening and, and woke up, you know, very disabled the next. So I've never forgotten that. And like you're saying, you, you just do not know from one day to the next. Yeah, how you're exactly. Do. not many illnesses that, that have that unique feature, I don't think. I think a lot of illnesses, you kind of know what to expect. Well, yeah. Awful it yeah. Is. yeah, you can pick up... A- MS... Yeah, it's just random, and there's and that's the thing. Like you know, when when I was first diagnosed, um, you know, and 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 I wanted to go to support groups, but I couldn't because all I ever saw in the posters were people in wheelchairs, and I'm like, oh no, I don't want to end up like yeah. that. Um, and um, which is why I started the podcast because mm. I was diagnosed at 24, and then I ran into a girl in 216 who was being diagnosed, and she was 24, and I started telling her about what my life had been like, and then. Oh, she said, Mom, I want to have her life. And I thought, you know what? Now's the time to start this podcast so that other people can hear that there's amazing life with MS. You know, it, yeah. and, and people like you are a perfect example of using what's happened and creating beautiful words. Um, you know, we've had people oh, who have ran you. seven marathons on seven continents um, out of spite because they were pissed with their neurologist. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's like, yeah. You're not going to ask me to run a marathon, are no, you? No, 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 but I just loved Cheryl Heil's story. You know, when I asked That's her, she's brilliant. like, I said, you know, she goes, you know, if my neurologist told me to lower my expectations and I went out and got a carbon foot and ran a marathon. <laughs> and I said, did you do That's it out of spite? Brilliant. And she's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> She goes, and then I switched no, neurologists. That's really a lovely way to look at it. And a bit like with writing, I think a lot of bloggers about MS would say the pen is mightier than a sword. Yes. You know, I was angry at a lot of people, you know, obviously my boss, my previous boss, not yeah. the present one who's lovely. Um, and yeah, it was it was my way of writing through my feelings and also having a dig at them because I knew they were reading my blog. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, it was a very effective weapon yeah. um, against everything I was annoyed with. Right. No, so, I, um, I, yeah, I totally understand. But I have to tell you, when I was reading your book over the hall, my, my, my husband actually bought me your book um, for a Christmas present. And I was sitting in the living room reading it, and he was working on the computer, and I was just in stitches. I was just laughing, right? Because Bruce is like, is that the book about MS? I'm like, oh. Of course it is. It's hysterical. Oh, I love that. <laughs> like, seriously, this girl has MS? I'm like, oh, no. Bruce, she's the best. Wait, there's a chapter on falling. It's the best. Um, no, but I mean, it really is. It's a, it's a, it's an absolute uh, realistic uh, portrayal. Uh, you're pulling back the curtain mm. on what life is like with MS. The joys, uh, the fun. And you and you have such a self-deprecating um amazing style of writing that I just absolutely adore and would encourage everyone um, to pick up your book and read it and just not take this disease so seriously. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go, you know, feel as when you're first diagnosed, go through that grieving process. Yeah, that's you know, normal. Go through that pity party because I think you have to, to, to transcend from one life that you had before and the life that you're going to lead. I think it's really important to have that transition. Yeah. Um, but then after that, pick yourself up because life is short. Right. And 
there's a lot you can still do with MS. I mean, look at me. I just did my master's last year. Yeah, that's right. Which I would never have done, ever. You know, it was a dream. Perhaps when I retired or, you know, I always wanted to write. And I thought, well, I'll do it when I'm, you know, older. And um, MS gave me that opportunity. So it took a lot for me. It still does. But it also gave me a lot. Yeah, yeah. Back. And and if and and for listeners who have been listening to the podcast, when we had a, a woman on who, when she was diagnosed, she realized that she had this um, unbelievably toxic relationship with food, and she lost a hundred and fifty pounds. And she would have never wow. done that if she hadn't been diagnosed. So That's she incredible. completely, yeah. You can listen to her podcast. I think has has been downloaded. Um, but these are the things that people are doing. You know, it's like, oh, I have to get a new life. And, you know, they're yeah. taking control, not only of their MS, they're taking control of other areas of their health, which I think is That's so it. important. Because the only other way is down. And it, that's not a very nice place to be. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of us with MS find it difficult to, to get out of that mindset. But because we're conditioned by society, aren't we, that MS is, you know, crippling disability, which leaves you unable to do anything. Oh, That's yeah. simply not true anymore. Yeah. Perhaps in my father's time it was, but it's certainly not today with all the disease-modifying therapies we have and, and all the understanding that is out there. No, um, ab- absolutely. And, and you're right, the way it's portrayed, and I know you don't watch Coronation Street, but I watch Coronation Street. Yeah, I know um, about it, though, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but there's somebody on, you know, somebody on Coronation Street got diagnosed with MS, and, like, it's just, like, all the breaks loose. It's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, please. <laughs> First of all, yeah. he's very old, and, you know, you didn't get diagnosed when you were 24. I'm thinking to myself, please, you've had a life, okay? <laughs> so it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, well, it's just yeah. like completely <laughs> fabricated, right? You know, because um, yeah. we all know that, you know, the average age of diagnosis is between 19 and 25. So, Oh, you know. gosh, I was quite old then. How old were you? I was 37. <gasps> you were the ancient, honestly. I'm ancient. Yeah, yeah I was 24. Um Okay, uh, is there anything else you want to tell us about how to find this book? You can get it on Amazon, right? You can get it on Amazon all over the world. And it's um, stumbling and flat. Uh-huh. How did you come up with the title? Oh, um, <laughs> from, I, it was, I had it in my, I don't know, it was weird. I had it in my mind um, from running in heels, stumbling and flat. Right. And it right. kind of got shortened to stumbling and flats. And, yeah. and people here in the UK used to think it meant that I was stumbling around people's houses. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's like when I went into the computer flats in Scotland and it's like it just shows me like, you know, um, nine West shoes or something like that. Right? Yeah. So, um, but it's interesting because I know when you when I read the stumbling and flats and I laughed and I think I sent you an email and I said, okay, here's my story of stumbling in flats. Um, you know, I broke my ankle uh, stumbling yeah. in Franco Sardo's. I tore my rotator cuff in Uggs. Um, you know, I, I broke my thumb wearing nine West shoes. And it is. It's 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 the whole. We stumble because you know we have to be. We have to look at what's ahead of us, realistically, yeah. and we can't take for granted that you know things are just a wee bit off. You know, it's not um, dreadful. It's not a horrible disease to have. But be mindful that things are just a little bit off kilter, and you just want to be aware of that. Yeah, you know. Of course, and I think the most important thing I would say to anybody listening who's at the very beginning of their journey with MS is reach out and yes. connect with yes. other people because I kind of wish I did it sooner um, 
than I than I did when I started blogging. But there is so much support out there, you know, online, social media, um, trusted internet sources. And, uh, you know, it's not like the olden days, is it? You know, if you yeah, like when I was diagnosed. Support, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> oh, back, back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> back in the day when I was diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back, back in the day when I was, yeah, because I, I was in Scotland the, the whole summer before um, I was diagnosed and I was thinking, oh my God, that must have been those hangovers I was trying to cure relucasane that's done this to me. <laughs> oh, bless. Yes, bless is right. Okay, uh, Barbara Stanlin, Stanlin? Stanslin, sorry. Stanslin, yeah. Stanslin. Norwegian. Um, I'm, uh, is it Norwegian? Very yeah, my nice. dad was in Norway originally. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to thank you so much for being our guest this morning. I've enjoyed every minute speaking to you. I love your book, um, and we'll look forward to connecting again. Thank you so much thank for you. having me on your show. All right. Thanks, Barbara. Um, Talk bye soon. Right. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye.